0: Welcome to episode six of the Surrey Matters podcast, a podcast going behind the scenes meeting the people bringing services to you, talking to residents about what matters to them and their communities and letting you know what's going on in your county. Brought to you by the Surrey County Council Communications Team. This episode, I'm joined by Danielle Murray. Hi, Danielle. Hi, CJ. So who have you been talking to this episode, Danielle?
1: So I found out all about apprenticeships in Surrey and who can apply for them. And I also talked with Colette in Public Health about how we're helping those with multiple disadvantages. Oh, what does that mean? So it means that people who might have experienced substance misuse, experienced or are perpetrators of domestic violence, or maybe those in contact with the criminal justice system and also experiencing homelessness. I also caught up with Surrey Libraries and talked to them about how the Period Dignity campaign was going and she told me a bit about free computer access that's available for residents across Surrey. Who did you interview this episode, CJ? So I caught up with the leader of Surrey
0: County Council, Tim Oliver, to find out a little bit more about the person leading the council, what he's most proud of and what he thinks the council can do better and exactly what is meant by no one left behind here in Surrey. I also caught up with the principal at Surrey Adult Learning to find out all the fantastic things they're doing in their seven Centres across Surrey. First up, Surrey County Council leader Tim Oliver. Morning. I'm here with Councillor Tim Oliver, um, and we're here in Raybridge. Hi, Tim. Morning, C.J. So Surrey is a big county. Where's Weybridge exactly, so, Tim? So
2: Raybridge is up in the north of the county. Just uh, a little bit of the River Thames runs just through it. So that's sort of north, sort of northwest.
0: And this is your ward, isn't it?
2: Yeah, my division, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, so I, yeah, I cover the whole of, uh, of Weybridge, um, <laughs> so there's about um, 12,000 12, residents or so. That's
0: okay, perfect. so have you always lived in Surrey, or where, where were you brought up?
2: Uh, no, I was brought up, uh, born and bred in Reading. Okay. Um, went to university and then um, spent a little bit of time in London, and then uh, the last 30 years, I lived down in Surrey.
0: And what did you do in a former life? What was, what was your job after university?
2: So I did law at yep. university and then uh, became a solicitor and so practiced, practiced law really up in the city for, uh, for that period. You know, I uh, built a business so actually a lot of my day was spent really running the business rather than necessarily practicing law which is probably safer for everybody.
0: Okay and then during that time were you a councillor? Well I mean how long have you been council leader yeah, now? so
2: well I've been council leader, county council leader for three years. Yeah okay. Um, But uh, I suppose my interest uh, started originally through my father, who was a councillor in Reading, and the mayor and everything else. So I used to go out delivering his leaflets and see what he did, Um, and actually saw the impact that he had in our local community there. Um, And then when I was working in London, and and in the early years when we moved down to Surrey, I didn't really feel very engaged with with what was going on locally. So in 1999, I first got elected to Elmbridge Borough Council, and spent sort of 20 years um, on that council and then uh, uh, and Spencer uh, uh, did a spell on the county council as well in the middle of 2000s but it was really difficult to balance uh, my day job and to do that council job properly yeah. so I came off and then got re-elected in 2017
0: and so what what made you want to become a councillor
2: well I think it was you know we have a fantastic county here I mean it's you know, brilliant a brilliant place to live and to work uh, and I just wanted to put something back into the community my wife uh, was a, a GP practicing GP yep. um, and kind of say so, you know you could you, you could sort of see some of the problems that people had and I thought well actually I could I could see if I can help a little bit and do some things to improve uh, uh, you know, improve people's lives so that's really what drove me to stand in the first place
0: okay and so three years as Surrey County Council leader what are you most proud of during your time as leader at the council
2: so I think uh, you know it's, it's a challenging role. You know it's a it's a big organisation, uh, and we have a lot of serious responsibilities. Um, I think the county had perhaps um, uh, it, it started to slip behind perhaps some of its uh, uh, you know its peer group, other county councils. Yeah. Um, so three years ago, just a little bit before I took over. Um, we kind of set out on a, tra- a transformation plan. So right. how could we change and improve the way in which we uh, delivered services? Um, and you know, we went out and uh, engaged with communities and created our community vision, yep. uh, which is broadly that no one is left behind. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that has meant that we've had to drive uh, a, a, quite a change in the culture of the organization to become a really can-do, really engaged organization. So I, you know, I'm proud that I think we've made some really good progress on, um, on the transformation programmes. There's more to do, but, but, but actually you know, we have an organisation now that really, really wants to, uh, to deliver the best it can to our residents.
0: And uh, so that's what you're most proud of. What do you think we could do better or feel that you uh, need to improve upon?
2: Well, I think now, I mean, the last two years have been particularly difficult for for, for everybody, you know, for for families who have lost their loved ones and, and of course, for um, organisations like the county that have been there to support um, those families uh, through those difficult times. So uh, I think now, as we hopefully start to come out of... uh, COVID and start to look you know plan for the future you know we've got four key areas that okay. uh, the county needs to focus on and is about our local economies getting people back into work that want to work uh, and making sure that our high streets are you know are thriving um, however we can do that we need to really focus on people's health and well-being I yeah. think you know mental health has become a real real uh, issue yes. for, for, not, for many many people yeah. um, greener future uh, climate emergency stuff is a key key area for us to focus on and then finally really kind of building on all of the community spirit that we we've seen over the last couple of years people yeah. have been fantastic yeah. in, you know in terms of stepping up and looking out for their neighbors so so that's what uh, you know that's our fourth area that we kind of really need to, to build on
0: Okay, and um, you mentioned greener futures and climate change. What have you done differently to what have uh, done? with your carbon <laughs> yes. footprint? Well,
2: the uh, so the first thing I've done, I suppose the most significant, is to uh, a year or so ago buy an electric car. Oh, okay, yep. yep. So that that's, I'm very pleased with that, actually. It's a great car. Yeah. Um, I've uh, you know I'm working a bit more from home, so uh, I'm not travelling every day um, to uh, Kingston or to Ryegate now. Uh, so I do try and walk and I cycle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just recognising that, that we need to all play our part. I think that's, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that the county council on its own can deliver, or the government for that matter. Clearly, you know, we need to put investment into the right things. But all of us have just got to change our behaviour slightly, um, you know, to, to recognise that, that, you know, we've got to hit our car- zero carbon um, Targets uh, in 2050.
0: So it's a busy job. How do you keep your health and well being? You mentioned health and well being being one of our priorities. What do you do? Because you obviously, as I say, a very busy job. What, what do you do yes. in your downtime?
2: So, you know, it's, it's a long day, um, and actually, uh, bizarrely, with Zoom meetings and team meetings, there's probably more, more meetings now than yeah. there were uh, previously. So, um, I try and get out um, on my bike, my okay. road bike, wherever yep. I can at the weekends. Um, and uh, also try and take the dogs out for a walk right. um, which is a bit easier in the weather days are a bit longer yeah. and uh, and I suppose uh, on a very personal level you know the last, the last four years have been difficult for my for myself and my family with the death of our 21 year old daughter from a brain tumor yeah um, so we we work my wife and I work closely with the brain tumor charity and uh, shooting star okay. Children's Hospital and, yeah um, so and I will be doing uh, a 10 mile walk um, for Princess Alice, talk, talk the Walk, which is all about men and bereavement and oh, okay. kind of talking that through and, yeah. you know, um, trying to sort of encourage people to be open yeah. about their experiences.
0: So do you visit Weybridge Men's Shed at all? I do, yes. I talk to yes, Murray. Yes, I do, yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that's it's a great initiative. Um, uh, you know, the County Council was able to put a little bit of funding into, yes, into that. Yes, I do, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, mental health, whether it's whether it's men, women, children, I mean, it's, it's, you know, isolation, social isolation. I mean, there are all sorts of factors that just, you know, make people feel a little bit sort of, you know, down. And I think yeah. the, the more we can do as a county council to help support that, to prevent people from, yeah. you know, falling into that sort it's of... It's
0: two-pronged, isn't yes, it? It's, it's yeah, prevention. And I think that's a key, yeah, key responsibility yeah. we have.
2: I mean, you know, the, the, if you take something like mental health, I mean, that isn't something that the county council on its own can, can deal with. Um, it's, uh, it's 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 you know, really important that we work closely with our partners, uh, and we do, whether it's the NHS, whether it's the third sector, you know, the voluntary, the charitable community uh, faith sectors and so on. Um, and they have been fantastic. I mean, the one thing that, again, I probably am proud of is that we have really pulled together all of the key organisations, I think, across the county and kind of sat down and worked out what we can do collectively to improve people's lives and and livelihoods. So partnership working is is a key 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 need and ambition and and requirement. and, uh, And I think we're doing that so much better now than we ever have done.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, we've been working hard, or you and the team have all been working hard about some of the funding that we've got from government. Um, you know you mentioned the Surrey Crisis Fund earlier but again it is that partnership working isn't it It's because we're sort of funding giving funding to Community Community Foundation Surrey and that's all about getting to the most vulnerable people isn't it? Yeah it
2: is very much so Um, you know there there are funds available for people and and there's certainly sort of support in other ways you know I think we have to recognise that that there's large parts of this county that are are affluent um, compared with other parts of the country but equally you know we do have real areas that need need that support and, and intervention and you and do know, you think
0: we're better at doing that now
2: Oh, most definitely yeah, yeah most definitely I, I think you know we've we've got to we've got to be the masters of our own destiny here you know there's there's a national agenda Around uh, yeah, p- perhaps parts of the country that have been left behind yeah and I, I understand that and I recognize that but yeah. we can't we can't let that stop us doing no. what we're able to do ourselves here in Surrey.
0: so what are you most looking forward to this year in terms of what we're going to achieve as a council
2: so i I'm, I'm hoping I think we're all hoping now that that we've uh, that coronavirus is now starting to, to you know become less of an issue you know we're obviously going to have to be careful all of us and and we probably have to be vaccinated on a regular basis but but actually what I'm really excited about is now getting back to our ambitious agenda you know we the last two years have understandably been about supporting those vulnerable residents and and you know and doing everything we need to to get people safely through that period but I think you know we've got lots of things that we want to deliver uh, you know in those four areas that I've talked about earlier and, and I'm hoping that you know we can now really get on with that, and, and you know make that difference.
0: Have you got a surprising fact or a hidden gem within yeah. Surrey that um, people might not know about?
2: There, there are lots of um, hidden gems here in, in Surrey, uh, and I think uh, over the last couple of years, again, you know, as people who have spent more time at home, they've gone out and explored. Uh, the countryside um, and here in Weybridge you know very few people know that the River Thames is just over the road okay so you know it's 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 you know th- that is what what makes this place uh, you know such a fantastic county to kind of live and to, to, to work and to play you know there, there's just you, you don't have to go very far to find some really good green space you know and and thriving communities you know it's a very friendly place as well so, but I think, you know, I would encourage everybody to just get out, walk about, you know, see what we've got because there's lots of good things here.
0: Because I think, um, aren't we in the most wooded county in...
2: We are. Yeah. we are, we are the most wooded, but equally, you know, the county council has committed to uh, ensure that we, uh, we plant um, 1.2 million trees okay. over the next 10 years. That's one tree for every resident here, you know, so we, we've, we've got to do, absolutely got to do our bit uh for uh for the for the climate and uh but yes i mean it's 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 it is a it's a beautiful county it's very accessible to to london and to the airports and and so on which is why you know it's such an attractive place to live but you know equally it's an expensive place to live and that's a challenge for you know for many of our residents
0: what's your favorite spot in surrey
2: well, um, that's a, it's a good question. I mean, I've got lots of favourite places. I mean, I you, know, I, you know, when I cycle up to the top of Box Hill and I look across the county, yeah. I mean, Yeah, that's know, quite spectacular, Yeah, isn't it is, it, yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: yeah, okay. Right, well, very nice to meet you today on this cold day yes. and um, good luck with the rest of the year. Thank Thanks you, and good
2: to speak to you too.
0: Okay, thank you. Surrey libraries are in the heart of our communities here in Surrey and they offer so much more than just books. Danielle went along to find out just some of the things that they're doing, including supporting the Period Dignity campaign and providing free computer access for those who may not have digital access.
1: I'm here with uh, Nikki at Walton Library and we're going to talk a little bit about the Period Dignity campaign, how that's been working in libraries across Surrey.
3: Hi Nikki, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, very well, thank you. How's Period Dignity been working
3: across libraries in Surrey? It seems to have been very well received. So just last week um, we heard that Staines Library had had all of their products taken by a a refuge for Afghan refugees. So we were able to send all of our spares over to Staines which was very gratefully received. I've also heard that Cobham give away an awful lot of sanitary protection and Cobham Library is based in a building with uh, a children's group and a, a sort of a Sure Start Centre and they have a lot of people coming in who need need assistance. A lot of people have said to us this is a good thing, um, as I said a lot of people have been very generous in just putting an extra packet in their shopping and then dropping it off in the in the bins in the library. At Sunbury Library, I learnt the other day, I've got a, a hygiene bank which they do in conjunction with one of the food banks where people can donate other hygiene products like um, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, again, to help people who can't afford to buy these fundamental things about keeping yourself clean and healthy. Yeah, And the wonderful thing is libraries are at the hub of the communities. They're not always right in the middle of the towns, but there are libraries in lots of towns throughout Surrey, so it's an easy place for people to get to. And it's all very discreet. They're just in a, in a tray towards the front of the library, so somebody doesn't have to come and say, oh, please, can I have some? They just can help yeah. themselves. Or they can donate,
1: and I suppose that's good for residents that and, and people that might be out and about in different areas. Yes, wherever they may be, if they get caught out or they need a, a period product, they can just pop into their local library. Or,
3: yes, and, yeah.
1: and there's so many across Surrey. Obviously, there's what 50, 54, 54, I 54 I think, 54 yeah. libraries across Surrey. So yeah. it's really good to kind of. And with it's that. a
3: lot of the libraries seem to be quite close to schools and colleges. Um, they're also a hub where young mothers come in with their with their babies and their toddlers. Yeah. Um, And these are all groups of people who have often have less disposable income, you know, might need this help.
0: Period Dignity, what a great initiative that is across Surrey. And that was done in partnership with uh, the charity Binti International. Next up, Danielle found out about free computer access that's also available in libraries.
1: I understand that there are computers across all Surrey libraries, or most of Surrey libraries, for people to access if they might not have
3: that same access at home. Yes, that's true. There are public computers in all the main libraries. Obviously the bigger libraries have more computers. Um, they are, they've recently been upgraded actually, so they're fairly new ones, running on up-to-date software, which is very yeah. useful. Um, they are connected through a programme called NetLoan to a printing programme, so people can download and print off documents if they don't have printers at home, whether it's their children's homework, or whether it's a, a right-to-travel certificate with their PCR results, they can print them off. Again, this is all very... You can do it without talking to a member of staff, although the member of staff is always around to help. Um, we do have a, a number of people who need assistance with the computers, so job seekers, um, people wanting to apply for their uh, job seekers allowance, or housing benefits, or people who need help with school applications, or people who just want to print off a, an attachment on their email and they're, they're not comfortable using a computer. The computers can be booked if you are concerned that you won't get a space, um, mm-hmm. although a lot of a lot of the libraries you can normally just walk in and sit down and you get two hours free as a member. If you're not a member there is a guest pass that can be purchased. So if they wanted to
1: print something for like a job application or a CV or something like that, could they ask someone
3: to help them? They... We're not allowed to actually fill in job applications for people because mm-hmm. of GDPR but we can certainly give a lot of help and pointers. Mm-hmm. and tell people what they need to do and how to how to go about doing it yeah. and take the pressure off it for people stop it being so scary oh the other thing we um will always try and help with is if people bring in their ipads or their phones to the best of our abilities we'll try yeah. and you know, try and help people sort their problems
1: hi colette how are you I'm Fine, thank you. Could you just give us a quick introduction, just who you are and what your role is at Surrey County Council? So I work within
4: Directorate of Public Reform within Surrey County Council and I work within the Public Health Department. So um, the functions really are tackling health inequalities across Surrey and moving towards the whole agenda of no one left behind.
1: Could you tell us a bit more about uh, the work that your team
4: does? My team is called the Health and Wellbeing Team, and we, with many partners across Surrey, put together a bid to the government for funds to help people who are known to have what's called multiple disadvantage. And that means that the person will have three or more of the following issues in their lives. So it would be somebody, say, with substance misuse or mental health problems and or homelessness or at risk of homelessness contact with the criminal justice system or a victim or a perpetrator of domestic abuse so we put together a bid with a whole range of partners which support people with homelessness mental health substance misuse and domestic abuse
1: and i know you mentioned about the changing futures program so is that part of that
4: strategy Yes. So the bid that we were successful in in Surrey is called Changing Futures Programme. And I think there were 97 local authorities in the country that bid for the money. And Surrey is one of 15 areas of the country that was awarded the funds. So that's where our money is coming from to help us with the Changing Futures
1: Programme. Can you just explain a bit more about what what the Changing Futures programme is about, and what does that look like for, for vulnerable residents in Surrey?
4: Some of the main themes that we've put into our bid and that we're driving forward is to implement a complete trauma-informed approach across Surrey. Um, and that includes things like training, trauma-informed training for the voluntary and community sectors that work with the most vulnerable of people, And in addition, we're bringing in clinical psychological support to assist them if they feel that they need support. Because these are the people that work for a lot of these volunteering community sectors that see a lot of very difficult situations out in the streets of Surrey. But secondly, we're putting in what's called an outreach service. So that means for people who have multiple disadvantage, they can be offered up to about six hours of care and support in the community a week by the volunteer community sector organisations. Could you give me some examples of that? It it very much depends on the individual because everybody is very, very different. But it can be support with um, registering with a GP or a, a dentist or filling in forms like for housing benefit or any other benefits, to be honest. And it includes things like getting people to appointments. So if somebody has to go for a mental health appointment or a substance misuse appointment, it's physically going with them on a number of occasions. Or if people have been victims of domestic abuse, it's connecting them with all the right sort of um, support networks that are available across Surrey and being with them. I mean, sometimes it can be you take people out for a cup of tea or coffee and you talk to them because many people are very socially isolated. And... Where people have multiple disadvantage, it's sometimes very difficult for them to get on the right track of support. Um, In terms of the wider
1: work that your team do outside of the Changing Futures programme as well, is there anything else that you could kind of give us an example of in terms of what you're doing to help vulnerable residents?
4: Yes, I think one example is that during the pandemic, we had some funds that we set up, some temporary crisis accommodation sites, and again that was for people that that were generally homeless but had symptoms of Covid and obviously therefore nowhere to go because many of the hostels are shared accommodation, so They had all to be closed down and we worked very, very closely with the districts and boroughs and we all collectively came up with an agreement that we would open up a few sites with cabins. And then food was delivered really um, in partnership with food banks and lots of local charities and, you know, sometimes neighbourhood. Um, walkers that would come in and help us with all the food deliveries. So they were in the cabins for 10 days. And during that time, they were offered support from a whole range of services, obviously from a distance, but they were offered the, the services that they required so that when they left the cabins, they're supported to go onwards with their life.
1: Are those pods now being used for the same purpose now that we're moving away from the pandemic,
4: hopefully? The picture's changed. So we've only had a few people in with COVID. But we have had an increase in the numbers of people using the cabins that are victims of domestic abuse or with mental health problems and are in a crisis accommodation situation. So we adapt the cabins to the need of the individual and the support that's offered to the person is tailored to their needs. One of the other things we are doing is looking at how we can use technology to help people. So there are quite a lot of therapeutic tools that can be used to calm people down, as an example, if they're in a heightened state of alert um, during trauma. And we're looking at all the kind of assistive technology that's either on the market or which we could pilot that might be able to help And it's lovely to see people coming out of a crisis and being able to help others. Very
1: rewarding. Well, thank you, Colette, for your time. It's been really great speaking to you and and about the work that you and your team do. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Not everyone has the opportunity to go to either college or university. So Danielle went to interview Pete, who is an apprentice, to find out how the apprenticeship scheme works.
5: I was apprentice about six years ago, which I started as apprentice in the recruitment team. So I think it took me about uh, 12 months to complete the course. So um, yeah, I had one day that I'd be... Um, I'd have have, um, focusing on like my coursework and um, off the job kind of training stuff and then the rest of the week I'll be um, learning on the job so yeah it took me about 12 months to complete all my, um, um, my assignments and yeah.
1: And would you recommend doing an apprenticeship for other people that might be listening to the
5: podcast? Yeah no definitely so like because I wasn't gonna go to university before. Well, I wasn't sure whether, whether I was gonna go to university or not, but I chose to just do the um, apprenticeship straight from fin- finishing college, and I don't. I think it, it helped me to just get like the skills that I needed, like just through um, getting straight stuck in with work. I was able to meet like loads of new, uh, different people, like in the recruitment team. They, they were supportive and allowing me to um, sh- like shadow different areas of the organisations, um, and different areas of the recruitment team as well um, to figure out what I wanted to do and then, like, um, thankfully, I was able to um, secure a permanent role in the recruitment team after the apprenticeship. So, yeah, I think it was it was helpful for me to learn all those, um, like, work-based skills. And then when I was able to interview after, um, I, was, I was more confident and um, was able to speak about the skills that I've learned so far after.
1: And I was speaking to Emma earlier about um, kind of the different kind of roles available.
5: Mm-hmm. And
1: I guess it's really good that there are so many different roles that people can go into.
5: Your The skills you'll learn in any kind of team will be transferable to, to go into any kind of um, other team as well in, in the council. So yeah, I definitely recommend it because yeah you can get into a lot of different kind of jobs after after completing your apprenticeship
1: you don't have to be straight out of college do you to start an apprenticeship yeah. you could be any age if you wanted to you know have the opportunity to develop your kind of knowledge and your skills
5: yeah definitely I feel like a lot of people think that oh like an apprenticeship you got to do it when you're young but it doesn't, it doesn't matter what age you do it it's just you might have, a, you might have um, started a career in something that you might not have wanted to do anymore and wanted to get your foot in or start something different. Like if you were, wanted to t- take part in a apprenticeship, that's obviously a good way to, to get started and, and learn as well at a different side, different um, like job opportunity.
1: Hi Emma, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. So we've been talking to different services across the council about our ambition that no one in Surrey is left behind. So part of that is about how we're working with local businesses and education providers to provide apprenticeships for people in Surrey. So could you tell us a bit more about that?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we work with a number of different training providers on different apprenticeship standards to offer opportunities both within the council and outside of the council. Uh, So to give you an example, we've currently got over 300 people who work for the council on apprenticeship programmes and that will be across a variety of different programmes. And therefore we use a number work with a number of different training providers and colleges, both local and national. To give you an example, we've currently got 39 people on an apprenticeship working towards becoming an operational firefighter in Surrey Fire and Rescue Service. And recently, eight people completed that apprenticeship standard and successfully passed out as qualified firefighters. So apprenticeships now are for people of any age, any working age, so 16 and above. They're not limited to young people Um, and they're often a way of upskilling or reskilling as well as for those that are early on in their career journey. So it's 12 months of study. So that's the minimum. They can be up to five years. And can anyone in Surrey apply for an apprenticeship? Yes so certainly with Surrey County Council our apprenticeship vacancies are advertised on our website and our, our usual recruitment channels like all our vacancies so they're open to be applied by anyone and more widely outside of Surrey you know there are apprenticeship opportunities advertised on the find an apprenticeship website for example so there'll be lots of other local employers in Surrey recruiting for apprentices as well
0: Hi, I'm here at uh, Sunbury Surrey Adult Learning and I'm here to meet Francis Lawler. Hi Francis, how are you today? I'm oh, fine, thank you. Good, and can you just give the uh, listeners an overview of what your job title is and what Surrey Adult Learning is all about?
7: I'm the Principal for Adult Learning. Um, the role of Surrey is to provide inspirational on inclusive adult learning to everybody over the age of 19. Our primary focus in many ways is to make sure that people progress in their learning we're also to ensure that those who, who have say uh, a, a desire to get an English to match GCSE in their adulthood, to improve their essential digital skills, and to also make sure that they learn English as a second language. We also have another diverse aspect of things called community learning, in which we look to ensure that um, adults, particularly over the age of, they tend to be over the age of forty, over the age of fifty, yeah. can learn for their leisure and pleasure. With an expectation that Im- improves their ability to communicate with others so today we'll go and see for example some f- furniture improvements okay. we will going to see say people learning say sculpture and watercolors as well as you'll see there are learners who've got um, uh, learning needs, and we help to make sure that they can maintain and develop their skills. So you'll see a real diverse provision here this morning. Okay,
0: and you mentioned digital skills. What are we talking about there? Are we talking about learning how to use social media? Are we talking about just basic computer skills, about how to do online banking, that sort of stuff?
7: We're looking at learners who, you know, can't use their phone properly, access the internet, make sure that they can say, maybe do the direct debit on, on their phones. It's that kind of skill, so it really is pretty essential hence why they're doing an essential digital skills qualification
0: and how do um, residents hear about this sort of thing because we, we're talking about digital skills so obviously they're not going to be on facebook maybe so how do we have we got some outre- outreach or are there some partners that you're working with
7: well i think really impressively a lot of our learners come through word of mouth okay they come through often their own families their yeah. own friends okay. and they've often seen these seven sites that we have and they come and straight through reception and ask about provision here which is actually a, a great way for people in order to access their provision. But from other places where I've worked, for example, I think we are really good at making sure that we have the word of mouth to the quality of our provision.
0: Um, and you mentioned um, English courses and stuff because I, I know we've been working on uh, socialising Afghan evacuees into Surrey and obviously um, English is, is probably part of that. Is, is that something that Surrey Adult Learning have been involved with?
7: It is, yes. We've done it in association with, with um, everyone inside the county council. We've yeah. been offering... Are there going to be about sixty seventy um, adults looking to see if they can improve their English yeah. from ranges from those who used to be doctors right the way down to basically those who've you've done other jobs really
0: sounds like there's a vast range of um, courses available uh, Is it free or is there funding or how, how do people sort of enroll and then do they you know do they have to pay for courses? How does that work
7: uh, very good question actually um. We get a funding from the government, so the vast majority of it is free, right. but we also charge for some provision too okay. through free income, um, And but in essence most of the uh, f- free level of work is really to support learners who clearly um, you know, aren't able to pay.
0: Mm. Support learners? What does that mean?
7: Often, say, if we have learners who've got, say, abilities, say, um, learning difficulties, they often require right. further support as they're yeah. going through their okay. education. Yeah.
0: Francis, come and show me some of what you're doing here then.
7: So you, you can see that there are many classes in here. This is the next primary school, and clearly we've just been looking and um, done a class for learners with learning difficulties. We just, yep. um, so they're going through about, they've been preparing to, to write a Valentine's card at the weekend, for example. OK, nice. See, seeing how they can use it to however, and some they are going to give it to their mums and their dads, etc. So that was a really good thing to see, and it helps their self-confidence and allows yeah. them to build up with things.
0: Yes, certainly busy, lots going on. Did you bring my um, red money? Yes, yes I you So in here is yeah. a... Hello, Hello. hi, hi. Hey, good Greetings. morning. OK, so what are we doing in here? This is upholstery. Okay. Um,
3: so it's a beginner's upholstery.
7: As you can see, quite a big classroom. And the really great thing of this is that, that you can start good. off from really something pretty basic, with just bits of wood. And the great thing is that you can see about what you get at the end of the process. So the big thing is that what happens at the start is something really simplistic, a bit like a skeleton idea. And at the end of it, you can see, wow, look what I've produced and what I've got. That's pretty amazing. amazing. And the other thing, I don't know if it's necessarily here, but often the... The people who are coming out, along together this afternoon have, on a WhatsApp group, they meet afterwards, they yeah. can do things so on, on a Friday and Saturday, well. big yeah. social interaction, yeah. as well as the end product. Yeah. And what we're trying to stress is the value added. So in effect that you start off with something and look at what you've achieved at the end of yeah. it. That's a big thing about what we're trying to stress. I
0: yeah. met meant the Waybridge Men's Sheds, which was very much about doing things and people talking at the same time. So yeah, there's a social
7: benefit to it. Just here, you can see that people have been painting. Yeah. You can see in terms of, say, the animals that are here the things. So you can see it's used for many different things. I'm trying to make sure that you can see the diversity about what's being um, taught. They start up with something, and we can see that, having been taught here, having learned new things, here's what they progressed to.
0: Yeah, the progression, yeah, no. I think even the starting point is rather amazing. And the starting actually. point is pretty good too, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it is,
7: yeah.
0: Are you running classes? like Obviously, we're here Thank during you. the daytime. Throughout the, throughout the week, in the evening? Yes,
7: we are. Clearly, because of the range of the adults that we have, yeah. many of them are working often, so we do lots of things every evening. We do Saturday yeah. classes as well. Oh, OK, yeah. Um, and and we try to make sure that we are able to offer any time so that the learner can come along and learn at any time as well. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Thanks for your time today, Francis. That's been really, um, really interesting. And if people wanted to find out more about Surrey Adult Learning, uh, what's the web, web address?
7: The web address is um, surreyccgovernoruk learning
0: Lovely. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to episode six of the Surrey Matters podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us with a question or an idea for what you'd like to hear about in future episodes, you can email us at surreymatters at surrecc.gov.uk. You can also subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice and sign up to our e-newsletter which goes out every month at surrecc.gov.uk slash surreymatters. This show was hosted by myself, Catherine Jevons, alongside Danielle Murray. The music and production was by Richard Neal, and Surrey Matters is a production of the Surrey County Council Communications and Engagement Team.